The basis for our sermon today comes from Psalm chapter 46. We read, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease. To the ends of the earth, He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The word of the Lord. Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. Amen. In April 1521, as Martin Luther stood before Holy Roman Emperor Charles V and the Diet of Worms, these were the last words Luther spoke in his defense. And if nailing the 95 theses on the castle church door in Wittenberg sparked the Reformation, And it was really these words that allowed the the Reformation to catch fire. Maybe today the best thing we could do, how about we we, we just kind of watch what happened there that day at the Diet of Worms. We got a clip here. Now give your answer. Yes or no? Will you recant or will you not? Since your majesty and your lordships desire a simple reply, I will answer. Unless I am convinced by scripture and by plain reason and not by popes and councils who have so often contradicted themselves. My conscience is captive to the word of God. To go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Luther's speech at the Diet of Worms there, it was not meant to be a a defiant protest, but a calm, 
reasoned account of why he had written the books piled on the table before him and why he could not recant. He could not take back what he had written in those books. You heard Luther say that his, his mind is captive to the word of God. He could not go against his conscience. He could not go against what the word of God said. As Martin Luther had, had rediscovered a truth that the church had lost, the truth that salvation is by Christ alone, through faith alone, not by works, not by our own merit. This was the truth that Luther took his stand on during the Reformation. The, the truth we just read in Romans 1.17 today, that truth he wanted to reclaim. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And, and after taking his, his stand for the free gospel, there, there was no going back for Luther. Shortly after this, his life became forfeit. He was ordered to be arrested on sight by anyone who saw him. And anyone caught aiding Luther would also be punished. But Luther's friends, they, they protected him by whisking him away to the Wartburg, a fortress where he could take refuge, where he could hide and wait until it was safe. Luther ended up staying in the Wartburg for almost a full year without leaving that fortress, finding his refuge there. And this was all just one of many setbacks and dangers for Luther during the Reformation. Whenever the, the cause of the Reformation seemed lost, it's said that, that Luther would often turn to his best friend and colleague, Philip Melanchthon. He'd say to Philip, let's sing the 46th Psalm. Luther loved and relied on the 46th Psalm so much, he wrote a hymn based on it. We just sang it. A mighty fortress is our God. This, this song became a, a rallying cry for the Reformation. It became a song of victory for every sinner, feeling the weight of their sin, feeling beat down by the world and by the devil. A mighty fortress is our God, a trusty shield and weapon. He helps us free from every need that has us now overtaken. I'm sure Luther must have had days when he felt like all his work was in vain and that the true gospel message just couldn't prevail. While we don't really face, face danger in our lives for preaching the gospel like, like Luther did, we, we also still need to, to draw encouragement from Psalm 46 as well. Because you know this, there's, there's plenty of days that we, we realize all the setbacks that surround us, all the dangers, and sometimes we, we look around us at the, the spiritual landscape we live in, and it, it sure seems like God's word is losing, doesn't it? More and more, the Bible is viewed kind of as an irrelevant relic. More and more, Christianity is viewed not just as something that's worthless, but actually as something harmful to society. Sometimes it kind of looks like God's church is, is about to topple over. 
and kind of seems like hardly anyone seems to care. In Europe, the birthplace of the Reformation, there's, it's just full of, of big, beautiful, empty churches. Churches are literally toppling to the ground in places like China, where they're being burned down and torn down. And here in America, the fastest growing religious group in, in the United States are the nuns. Not, not the Mother Teresa kind. The nuns are, are those who would say that they are affiliated religiously with none of the above. Um, According to a Pew Research Center uh, poll here, as of October 17th of this year, 26% of Americans have said that they are religiously nuns, atheist, agnostic, or non-religious. That that number has gone up 20% in the last 45 years. And guess what? It's going to keep going up. sure looks that way. So, looks like God, he's being phased out. His gospel, ignored. God's church seems like it's on the verge of collapse. And then, of course, we look at our own lives, too, and, of course, we see plenty of setbacks. We see plenty of dangers. We, we sometimes feel helpless, too. We're discouraged by how sometimes it feels like the earth is giving way below us. Waters are roaring up, foaming up over our heads. We're discouraged by our own failures unable to keep a marriage together, unable to stop the chaos of life ruling us and stressing us out, unable to perform the responsibilities we're entrusted with, unable to resist sin, even though we know we need to. Failure's all around. And then then we hear the, the world kind of calling out to us, enticing us. We maybe start thinking, you know what, maybe, maybe I can make a refuge for myself somewhere out there better than the one built on God's promises. As God's church seems on the verge of toppling, sometimes it can kind of feel like our our own souls are kind of teetering on the edge as well. When you feel discouraged and let down by all the setbacks and, and failures and dangers all around, when you feel like your own soul is about to topple over, when you feel like God and his word and his church are about to be snuffed out, read Psalm 46. Draw on Psalm 46 for strength. All throughout history, God has kept his promises for his people. All throughout history. Over 3,000 years ago when the words of this psalm were written, The Israelites sang these words of Psalm 46 as a reminder that God's presence with his people, that that God's promises were certain no matter how bad things got. And they got pretty bad sometimes. And then over 500 years ago, Martin Luther too sang the words of this psalm as a reminder that not even the devil himself could prevail against his God that the gospel message will never be snuffed out, no matter how bad things got. We just sang these words in our our opening hymn, that the church shall never perish, her dear Lord to defend her.
we know the Lord Almighty is with us. We know the God of Jacob is our fortress. We can sing this psalm too. It's our victory song. God is a mighty fortress for his church, for his people. And like a refuge, like a a fortress on top of a hill, that's where we take refuge. We find refuge there from the, the chaos and danger all around. And Psalm 46 certainly does paint a, a picture of, of chaos and danger, doesn't it? The, the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. The waters roar and foam. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. But God is our refuge and strength. An ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. We will not fear, even if all these things happen. And it sounds ridiculous. If, if the mountains are shaking and falling into the sea, shouldn't I be a little scared? I mean, if that's happening to the mountains, what's going to happen to me? And yet, even if mountains and kingdoms come crashing down, God's church, his people, will stand. Come up with the, the, the most cataclysmic event you could ever think of. Doesn't, doesn't matter what you come up with, because either way, the point is God is able to rescue. God is able to deliver because the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And again, all, all throughout history, despite the many attacks against God's church, despite the, the many heresies and divisions that have swept through God's church, He preserves his church. He preserves his promises in the word. He preserves that gospel message of free salvation through Jesus. We got to to hear that that line again from, from that first song. The church shall never perish. Her dear Lord to defend her, to guide, sustain, and cherish her. He's with her to the end. God has preserved his church all through history, and he's not about to stop doing that now, no matter how bad things get. Maybe this brings up a question for you. Wait, what what exactly is God's church? Remember, God's church isn't just buildings. Even if churches are empty and steeples are falling, God's church, his people, still stand. They stand secure in their mighty fortress, the Lord, the the God of Jacob, who is our fortress. We know that God is able to deliver. As, As people of God's church on earth, we live as citizens of the holy city of God. Zion, the the holy city of Jerusalem in the Old Testament, is a strong correlation to the New Testament church. It's a picture that's drawn very often in scripture, Jerusalem and the church. And knowing this is going to help you better appreciate verses 5 and 6 in this psalm. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. See, this is talking about God's church. Here in this the city of God, there's a dramatic sudden shift in scene. We shift from the shores of the roaring, surging sea to the banks 
of a quiet river in the city of God. And this is a picture that's brought up in Scripture again and again as well. This river flowing through the city of God, the the streams that make glad God's people, it's talking about his word. The waters of life in the gospel. And as much as this description sounds like it's, it's a picture of heaven, it's even more than that. It's already a description of what you're experiencing now. Already now, we sit beside still waters. We rest in green pastures. Because God's word is continually flowing for us, an ever-present help in trouble. This is a fortress. This is a, a city we want to be in. And remember that when Martin Luther took his stand during the Reformation, it's God's word he used as his unshakable confidence. The, the real mighty fortress is built on a truth, a truth found in God's word. This is what Luther stood on. This truth, that salvation, that righteousness comes alone by faith, by Christ, not by our own working. This is why Luther could be unshaken. This is why we can be unshaken. As our mighty fortress is built on a truth, salvation is by Christ alone by faith alone, righteousness, this right standing with God. It's God's free gift to sinners because of Jesus. This is what the scriptures say. And this is why Luther had to say, I cannot recant and I will not. Here I stand. I can do no other. You start to realize the Reformation and Reformation Day, it's really not about Martin Luther. It's about the truth he stood on. The truth of salvation by faith alone, by Christ alone. It's how Luther was unshaken. It's how we remain unshaken. It's the mighty fortress that that we are built on. God is a mighty fortress for his church, for his people. He's also personally for you, a mighty fortress for your soul. A refuge from all your spiritual enemies, sin, Death, the devil, they can throw everything they want to throw at you, tear down everything around you. You stand safe and secure in the fortress of Jesus' hands. Realizing salvation is 100% from Jesus, 0% from, from me, means that the victory's already been won. As we sat safe and secure in the fortress of God's grace, Jesus went out to do battle in our place alone. And you really can't say it any better than the the second verse of a mighty fortress. With might of ours cannot be done, soon were our loss effected. But for us fights the valiant one whom God himself elected. You ask, who is this? Jesus Christ it is. The almighty Lord, and there's no other God, he holds the battlefield forever. Jesus living, dying, and rising for us is the truth our mighty fortress is built on. The gospel message is a mighty fortress for our souls. Jesus is the proof that the Lord Almighty is with us 
The God of Jacob is our fortress. Because God is a mighty fortress for your soul, he tells you, be still and know that I am God. Be still. Know that I am God. As we see our fleeting lives fly away from us in the blink of an eye, nations rising and falling and creation itself coming unraveled and so many aspects of our own life crashing down all around us, God says, be still. Just relax. God is in control. God is a mighty fortress for his church, for his people. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ her Lord, she will stand till with the vision glorious her longing eyes are blessed and the great church victorious shall be the church at rest. Be still and know that God is a mighty fortress for your soul. Though all may be gone, your victory is won, the kingdom's yours forever. Because the Lord Almighty is with you. The God of Jacob is your fortress. Amen.